It is a glorious day. We can come together and celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. But I tell you what, we ought to celebrate it every day. He done something that no one else could do. Not only went to an old rugged cross to die for us, but he resurrected himself from the dead. And you know, he resurrected me when he saved me. Luke chapter 23 and verse number 50. Let's stand together for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message this morning. Luke chapter number 23 and verse number 50. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was honed in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. They returned and prepared spices and anointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Chapter 24. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself, at that which was come to pass. Three words I want to preach to you this morning with God being our helper. What a morning. What a morning. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to come to you one more time in prayer on this side of heaven. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who not only died on the cross, but was laid 
and a sepulcher, a tomb, and resurrected Himself on the third day. Amen. Now sits at the right hand of you, Lord, to make intercession for us all. Lord, I pray if there be one here today that's lost and undone, doesn't know you from the free pardon of sin, hadn't been saved, God, I pray that you would meet that need in their heart before they leave this building. Lord, there may be some here that's been saved, but just out of your will, Lord, I pray you draw them in close to you, bring them back into the fold this morning. Lord, we know that Easter Sunday morning is a special day. Lord, as we come to worship you, I also know that there may be many needs among these people. Lord, I pray you'd grant it. Grant whatever the need may be. Lord, as we come to a close in this service later on this morning. Lord, I pray that you would bind those opposing forces, those forces of hell, principalities and powers in high places. God, I plead the blood on the devil today. Give us words of wisdom to speak to your people. Illuminate our mind with Scripture. In Jesus' precious holy name we do ask. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. What a joy this morning to consider some of the events that surrounded the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Though you may not be able to physically visit the empty tomb in this life, you can take a trip through God's holy word and it will be revealed unto you some wonderful truths about this morning. It was located right at the foot of the hill called Calvary where Jesus was crucified. As we're gathered here on this Easter Sunday morning in the scriptures that we have read, we understand that the body of Jesus was placed in a borrowed tomb belonging to a rich man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. The Lord's body was then buried. The women rested on their Sabbath day, which in those days would have been considered a Saturday. They purchased anointing oil after sunset, and they made their way the next day. While it was still dark, the women left Bethany on their way to Jerusalem. Two miles uh, to be a fact, and As they arrived at the tomb just after the sunrise, the sun had already risen before they reached the tomb. I'm not only talking about the S-U-N, but I'm also talking about the S-O-N. The Son of God had already been resurrected. Think about for a few moments, what a morning. What a morning uh, when a stone was rolled away. Verse 2 tells us that they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. Why was the stone removed? Not so Jesus could get out. We can read later on in the scripture where Christ meets with the disciples uh, and they meet in the upper room with the door shut and then all of a sudden Christ appears in the midst. He didn't have to go through those doors. Christ didn't have to open a door to get in. He simply, the Bible said, walked in while the door was shut. Just as there was no door. 
And since we know that to be true this morning, we know that He would not uh, uh, have to necessarily have someone to move that stone where He could get out. But that stone was removed by the angels to where you and I could look in and discover that we do serve a risen Savior and He's not in the tomb anymore and He's alive and well. It wasn't because He had to get out. He could have blinked His way out if He wanted to. He's God. He's the Son of the living God. God incarnate. God manifested in the flesh was the Lord Jesus Christ. The stone was removed so those women and those disciples and you and me could look inside and see that death could not hold him down. There's an old saying, listen, you can't hold a good man down. I'm here to tell you there's going to be a morning when we that are saved, you're not going to be able to hold us down either. We're going to be resurrected out of the grave and we're going to go and meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. By the way, he's still rolling stones away in our lives. Amen. That stone was rolled away uh, uh, just to where we could catch a proper glimpse of the resurrection story. Satan tries to bring huge stones into our lives that would keep us from gazing upon the faith uh, upon of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but believer, greater is he that is in us uh, than he that is in this world. He may roll them stumbling blocks of stone in your way this morning uh, and try to prevent you from coming to the cross of Calvary. I'm here to tell you Jesus can move that blockade. Jesus can move that stone uh, to where you can see a clear picture of the resurrected Lord and that way you will know that you have a need in your heart and that nothing can stop you from coming to Christ today and the devil will roll that stone of procrastination in your way the devil's biggest tool is procrastination and he always tells you you got plenty of time and he always tells you you can wait till tomorrow To give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he always tells you. Look there. You don't need to do this. You've got plenty of time to live. Listen. Ask those people that are laying out in the graveyard. uh, That are 17, 18, 16, 10 years old. uh, Ask them if they had plenty of time. The Bible tells you and I that we're not promised tomorrow. And folks, we ought to make our election sure today of knowing that we're saved, blood-bought, on our way to heaven. Listen, by the way of Jesus Christ, the resurrected, soon-coming King of glory, He's the only way that we can get to heaven today. It was just a blessing to me, not only to know that I was going to skip out on hell when I got saved, but also to know that the burden of sin had been lifted in my life. Amen. I no longer had to worry about those things in my past because God forgave me of those things. And when He did, uh, He washed me white as snow through those sins as far as the east is to the west uh, and gave me salvation full and free and wrote my name uh, in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, Folks, you may have your name uh, written down at the courthouse as a property owner. You may have your name uh, written down at the courthouse from being married. You may have your name written on a church roll uh, or a church Sunday school roll book. But the most important roll that you need to be on is that roll that which is in heaven that you can only obtain by accepting Christ Jesus as your Savior. You may sign your name to some important documents. 
But the most important document that you'd need to be on today is the Lord Jesus Christ's document in heaven, the Lamb's book of life. What a morning when the stone was rolled away. Number two, uh, uh, what a morning when they could not find the body of Christ. Verse 3 says, they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It was not removed by Jesus' enemies. It was not stolen by the disciples. There had been a literal resurrection. Verse 12 says, When Peter came into the tomb and the linen clothes were laid by themselves, uh, it had not been some kind of haphazard theft of a body from a gravesite. Uh, these clothes were neat and in order. Christ came through those grave wrappings. They had not been disturbed. They had not been wrapped off as they were wrapped on. Christ simply came through those grave wrappings as though they were not around Him. That left them in a very a neat state. And that napkin that she was speaking of early had been folded all intact in one spot where the Lord Jesus Christ had been laid. This is what excites me about this part of the Scripture. If you go to the grave of those who began religious movements, like Buddha, like Mohammed, or whoever else you may want to name today, you'll find their bodies entombed in various locations across the world. But no siree, not so with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the only faith-founded belief that is out there today whose leader, the Lord Jesus Christ, cannot be found in a tomb. He is not here, the Bible said, for He is risen. Even over in Jerusalem, where the tomb of Jesus is uh, there is a sign on the door of the sepulcher which says uh, he is not here uh, he is risen and thank God that he is because he proved that he was God uh, he proved that he was the Messiah when he got up out of that grave uh, and walked upon this earth with men once again uh, and then ascended back up to the Father I'm here to tell you thank God he's alive he's alive a dead God cannot save anybody amen Man, that's why I serve one that's alive and well. I can't go rub on the belly of Buddha today and get a prayer answered. But I can bow my head before a loving God and He'll answer the prayers in which we lift up to Him in faith and in believing. Thank God we serve a God that's alive. A prayer answering God. We don't serve a dead God that they just talk about in the Muslim faith. The biggest part of their faith is wrapping bombs around their waist, uh, walking into a crowd of people and blowing themselves up. They think they're going to get to many rewards uh, for that. But folks, I got news for you. If they don't get saved, hell's going to be their home. Christ said, destroy this temple. Christ was speaking there of His body. He said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll raise it again. What a morning when they could not find the body of Jesus. What a morning, number three, when they saw the angels. Two men, the Bible says, stood by them in shining garments. The women women there entered into the sepulcher and uh, they were very perplexed, the Bible says. To be perplexed means to be baffled. To be confused. To be uh, 
befuddled, dumbfounded, puzzled. Why were the garments of the angels shining? Why did they have a brilliance about them that human garments do not have? They were the ministers of God with the brightness of the glory of God around them. They give a little bit of a glimpse simply by their appearance of the glory involved in the resurrection of Jesus. What a blessed morning it would be if we could get a glimpse of the angels of heaven with the brilliance of heaven shining all around them. Well, you can by the eye of faith through the Word of God this morning. This event mentioned at the in the Scripture here is just as real as though I were there and saw it transpire. That's what faith does for you. And folks, let me tell you something. You can get a little bit of brilliance seen in the lives of men today. You just see one that gets glorious saved on an altar of prayer and when they get up they got a different look about them they got the glory of God shining around them and why is that preacher it's because they know within themselves they trusted in a resurrected Savior and he came along and cleaned their lives up saved their soul put them on the right track to a place called heaven I've heard lots of testimonies of people that would walk through and the workplace, and people would ask them, boy, what's wrong with you? You just got a certain glow about you today. Let me tell you what it was. They said, I got saved. I got convicted of my sin, and I asked the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart, and this is the result. (laughs) And my result in the future is a place called heaven. Amen. Oh, listen, I'm telling you what, when you get saved, there'll be a change in your life. The Bible says you become a new creature. I became a new creature, amen. I became a new creature in Christ. I used to go through the the workplace singing whiskey bent and hell bound, got saved, got my life turned around, and then walked through the... To through the workplace I sing an amazing grace how sweet the sound amen listen that's the kind of change that the Lord Jesus can make in your life amen. he can turn you completely around and in the right direction but you gotta trust in him what a morning when they saw the angels yeah. number four what a morning when they hear the message of glad tidings Verse 6 tells us, An angel said, Why seek you living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. What good news that was to the women who came. They didn't really expect a resurrection to occur. They were bringing spices. They had brought, uh, they had bought them the previous evening, uh, and they had come to anoint the dead body of Jesus Christ. News flash. It's difficult to, to anoint a body when he ain't there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. When they heard that he had risen, though they did not expect it, what glad tidings it was unto them. How wonderful it was to know that the cruel jaws of death could not hold down the Lord Jesus Christ. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Not only not a grave, but death cannot hold down the body of a saint of God. Death has lost 
the battle. Death has lost the war. And we serve in a king that is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the only resurrected Savior. The only resurrected Lamb. The only one that can save. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but by me. We don't have to go out and sacrifice a goat. We don't have to go out and sacrifice a cow. All we have to do is come boldly to the throne of grace. And ask the Lord Jesus to come into our hearts. Forgive us of our sins. And we become a new creature in Christ. Oh, if you haven't haven't made that decision, you ought to make it sure today. Oh, listen, folks, ain't none of us getting no younger. No, no, listen. When we're born into this world as a child, at the moment of conception, we began the process of dying. We began the process of dying. We began to live. And as we live and as we grow older, we come closer and closer to death. But thank God death's not going to have a hold on me. Because when Jesus calls, I'm getting up out of the ground just like He did to be with Him forever. Number five. What a morning when they remembered His words. In verse 7, the angel reminds the women there, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Then the Bible tells us after hearing that what the angel said about what Jesus said concerning His resurrection, the Bible says they remembered His words. Yeah. It's a glad morning when we remember the Word of God. The word of the Lord concerning the resurrection of believers. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 portrays it so well. Speaking of this body. It's sown in corruption. Raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. But it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. But it's raised in power. It's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 53. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on Uh, immortality. Folks, I'm here to tell you one day uh, when I'm resurrected from the ground, uh, God's going to give us a pure body, a perfect body, a perfect place. Uh, My friend, that's where I want to go today. But to be with Him, what a morning when they remembered His words. What a morning, number six, you're listening, when they were moved to testify. In verse 9, the Bible says they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. After seeing what they had seen, they could not help but to tell others about the empty tomb. We need some more just can't help it witnessing in our day and time. Amen. Just can't help to tell somebody. A witness is one that declares what he has seen or heard to be true. 
The main reason there is so little witness of Christ today is that most folks that have not heard anything from Him or heard anything of Him. Oh, what a morning. We know that He's alive today. We ought to tell the world that Jesus Christ is alive and well and He's our Savior and He'll keep you out of a place called hell. We had a Sunday school lesson on the parable of the Great Supper in the Scriptures. The Master said, come to my house, in other words. And they said, for one of them said, I can't come to the house because I've married me a woman and I cannot come. And then there's another one that said, I can't come to the house because I've bought some yokes of oxen and I have to go prove them. I cannot come into the house. And the other one said, I cannot come to the house either. I've bought a parcel of land. I've bought a piece of property and I need to go see it. That fool didn't even say that he had to go work it, till it, garden it, take pictures of it. He said he just wanted to go look at it. Listen. We can come up with every excuse in the book today to not go to church. We can come up with every excuse in the book to not come to the house of God and to not get your life straight with Him and to get saved. But He said, listen, we are to go out and get those that are wounded, get those that are maimed, get those that are poor, get those that are blind and bring them in. He says, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them them to come into my house where thy house will be filled. Folks, we are challenged. What's the first two words? What's the first two letters in the word gospel? Go. G-O. He says, go out into the highways, into the hedges, out into the lanes and compel them to come to the house of God. If you're here lost today without Christ, let me make a move to testify to you just for a minute and say this words. Listen, don't leave here the way you came. Jesus can save you. Jesus can turn your life around. You can serve a resurrected Savior. Listen, we don't have to be bonded to Obama today. We don't have to live in the bondage of sin. We don't have to live in the bondage of this world. There is a Savior that died for you. They were moved to testify. I just can't help but tell about Him sometimes. What a morning. But number seven, listen to this. What a morning when Peter ran to the sepulcher. Verse 12 says, And then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at which was come to pass. He was then anxious to get involved in the things of Christ. If you'll remember, he had just denied the Lord three times. Just outside the hall of Caiaphas, the high priest. Just before the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter was no doubt a believer. And that bothered him greatly. Even though Peter had pretty much backslidden on God. Denied Him three times before the rooster crowed. And boy, the Bible says that 
as they took Jesus off to trial, he turned around and looked at Peter. He didn't have to say a word. His eyes spoke to Peter. Peter, I told you so. Can you imagine standing before God today under conviction, knowing that you need to make a move for Christ, and yet He looks at you as you walk out the building today, not changed. Look, the house of God is not a place to come and see what so-and-so is wearing. It's not a place to be this morning to, uh, to come in and, and look and see who's here, who's not here, what they're driving, what they're saying, what color of bonnets they have on their head. The church house is for everyone because the Bible says in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm a whosoever. You are a whosoever. That means He died for us all. Well, preacher, if we didn't come to see somebody and how they looked and see what was going on, why are we here? The church is a hospital for the sick. The church is a hospital for the spiritually wounded. The hospital is a... Listen, the church is a hospital for those that are sick in their sin that need Christ. It's a place that we come and worship it. And you can't truly worship God today until you've got the blood applied to your heart, your life, your soul. You may say today, preacher, how can I be saved? What do I have to do? It's as simple as bowing your head before God and asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart. Believing that He did raise from the dead according to the Roman road. We can read it to you. Believing and asking, ABC, accepting Him, believing that He rose from the dead, C, confessing your sin. You see, I don't know everybody's spiritual situation here. I don't know if you're a saved, bought by that blood that was shed for you and I over 2,000 years ago. I don't know if you're here. Lost and on your way to hell. I don't know when you're going to meet old death. But the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. That means we're going to have to face death. Don't face death without Christ. Because Christ has removed the sting of death. And when dying grace comes upon the saint of God... He allows us to pass from this side right over into eternity. My friend, it's just as simple as that. As simple as accepting Him, believing in Him, and confessing your sins. And if the Holy Spirit be drawing you today, listen, don't do like Peter did and deny Him and walk away. Come running to the Savior. He can be found. He's in the house. He wants to help you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to save your soul. 
You may be here today and you've been saved. You're just out of God's will and God's dealing with your heart. You need to come to an altar of prayer and ask the Lord Jesus for help to put you back on the right path and to forgive you of your sins and bring you back into the fold where you need to be. And there may be another need in this building that I have no idea about. Listen, you may have a need in your life. You may have a need inside your home. You may have a need for your family. Listen, God still answers prayer. God still takes care of His own. God will help you in the time of need. Folks, we don't have to walk through the fires and the storms and tribulation by ourselves. Thank God there's a Savior that resurrected on the third day. That'll walk with us through the fire. Those Hebrew children were thrown in the flames. The Bible says there was not one, there was not two, there was not three. There was those three men and another one as the image of the Son of God walking around dancing in the midst of the flames. He's with us. He'll help you. Ask yourself that question. What do I need help with? And then be assured of knowing my Lord answers prayers. Ask yourself this question. Am I saved today? If I was to die today, would I go to a place called heaven? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself that. You may be here Just ask this question to yourself. Is my Lord satisfied with me? Because we can be satisfied with our Lord, but is our Lord satisfied with me? You stand this morning. As they come give us a song of invitation, I encourage you saints of God to pray. My most important prayer of the day is this. That you get saved today. That you meet the Master. The one that stepped out onto nothing and made everything. The one that gave you the very breath of life and made you a living soul. He just wants to be accepted by you today. You ought to make a profession of faith today if you don't know Him as your personal Savior. It's a personal thing. I can't, listen, I can and you can't go to heaven on mama's coattail, daddy's coattail, grandma's and grandpa's, the preacher, it don't matter. You've got to go on your own merit through Christ. Him alone. Father, Lord, we thank You. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for this number gathered here in Your house. Lord, I pray, dear Jesus, if there be one here lost and undone, doesn't know you for the free pardons of sin, God, you would save them before it's too late. I pray that Holy Ghost convicting power would be so strong upon their heart and chest that they would have to give in to a living God and come to an altar of prayer and ask forgiveness of their sin. Lord, not only that, but if there may be any other need amongst this crowd today, this altar is open. Lord, may they come and get their needs met. For Lord, we know that you are a need-meeting God. And Lord, that you'll meet those needs. You'll meet those concerns and you'll, you'll, you'll take them by the hand and lead them through the fire. Lead them through the tribulation. Lord, they may not have nothing upon their heart today, but they may be somebody on their heart that they want to come pray for. Lord, we just pray that you would. Lord, sir, speak to their hearts. 
as we've done all we can do today to speak to these people from thus saith the word. Lord, I pray you'd move upon the hearts of the people this resurrection morning. In Jesus' name we do humbly ask. Amen. 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 You come if you've got a need today. We'll surely be glad to pray with you. We'll surely be glad to ask the Lord to, to help you, join you in prayer. The decision's yours. Would you come? As these are gathering around, would you come? Ma'am, sir, you don't have to leave the same way in which you came. Oh, but preacher, I'm scared of what people's going to say to me. Listen, everybody will rejoice with you. They won't, they won't say nothing to you. They won't think mad bad of you. Matter of fact, they'll be think mighty of you for having the boldness to come forward, having the boldness to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Would you come? Oh, you need to be saved. Your life's ticking away. Life's coming to a close as we know it. Whether we believe it or not, it's appointed unto man once to die. You will one day pass over life's way. There'll be a day that you'll have to stand before God There'll be two, they listen, you, there, there's two ways to go this morning. One is the wide gate that leads to destruction. Other is a narrow gate which leads to heaven. Oh, won't you choose the narrow way? Choose the way of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, would you? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking across this building. I'll tell you what, if you want to come, you come on. Nobody's looking. Nothing to be ashamed of. No one's looking around. Listen, just this preacher, you ought to come. Please don't leave here lost and undone without Christ. Please, I beg you, I plead with you, don't leave here without Christ. Listen, there's going to be a time uh, if you wake up in hell one day, you're going to say, why didn't I listen listen to that preacher? Why didn't I listen to that gospel message that was given on that Easter Sunday morning, April 2012? Why didn't I listen to him? Why didn't I give my heart to Christ? I wouldn't be in this place called hell. I wouldn't be in this torment. I wouldn't be here. Some people think when hell comes, it's all over. But I got news for you. The Bible says the soul lives for eternity. Amen. What do you mean, preacher? What does that mean? It means that you'll feel the flames forever. There'll be pain and torment forever. I'm here to tell you, folks. Get saved before it's too late. Ask Him into your heart. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. This service is coming to a close. If you got a need, you ought to come. I've done all I can do. If I could come down and take you by the hand, I would, but I can't do that. You got to do it on your own. You got to have the Lord Jesus Christ. As He's knocking on your heart, you got to receive that knock. You got to walk that aisle. You got to ask the Jesus to forgive you. He's a personal Savior. 
He's a personal God. Don't pass this world without Christ today. Just a moment. We're going to dismiss in prayer. But if you got a need, you ought to come. Thank you so much.